are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I will not preach the best sermon I ever preached, but I just may come pretty close to bringing one of the most important sermons that many of you have ever heard. I want to speak tonight on the subject, the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Our Heavenly Father, bless this poor, unworthy, simple preacher as he sincerely offers his few loaves and fishes to thee. There's no way in this world, Holy Spirit of truth, that I can be what these thousands of people need tonight. I do not know what to say. I have to have your help. One little line <coughs> may be for one person. One little illustration may be for a hundred others. I pray that you'd help me to be very sensitive to your leadership. But dear Lord, it matters not what I say. If the folks don't listen, it'll be in vain. So give me the ears and the minds of the people, and I promise you I'll do my best to give you mine. In Jesus' name, amen. The first illustration I'm going to give tonight is going to shock you. A man <coughs> came to me and said, Pastor, I just came to praise the Lord with you. And I said, I'll be glad to. What is it? He said, Pastor, my last child just got married. And he said, I just want to thank God that the devil didn't get a single one of my children. And I said, uh, well, explain that. And he said, well, he said, our oldest boy always did like mechanics. He, uh, uh, this is territory, by the way, that we've been on a Wednesday night some, and much of my discussion tonight is going to overlap a couple of lessons we've had on Wednesday nights. He said, my, my oldest boy always has like to work with his hands. He's always like mechanics. My oldest boy is a mechanic. That's what he's always like. And he said he's in church. He's clean. He's faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm so proud of him. Thank God the devil didn't get him. And then he said my second boy <coughs> always <coughs> leaned toward mathematics in school. That was always his favorite subject. So he decided to go to a Christian school and major in accounting. And he said, uh, I'm so proud of him. He graduated from the Christian school. He followed his chosen profession and now is an accountant. He's faithful in the church. He's attends on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He's a tither. He said, 
The devil didn't get him, and I'm so thankful. He said, now, my third boy liked sports. And he said, my third boy also, uh, was that he decided to go into the, the, the coaching profession. But he said, Pastor, he's a fine Christian man. He prays with his team before the games. He tells his team about the Lord and my boy reads the Bible. He's a good Christian coach. He said my daughter liked music. She was always good in music. And so she wanted to go to college and study music. And she did. And she now has her degree in music. And that's what she chose to do. And she's a clean young lady. He said, Pastor, I just want to praise God. Not a single one of my children drink. Not a single one of the children smoke. Not a single one would ever profane the name of God. They all go to church faithfully. He said, Pastor, he said, I just want to thank God the devil didn't get my kids. But the truth of the matter is, the devil did get his kids. The devil did get his kids. You said, now hold it, preacher. If I could think if all of my children, if I could have one son who became a mechanic and was a Sunday school teacher, faithful to church, clean, and another son that was an accountant and that was, that was clean and, and faithful to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, another son that was a Christian uh, coach and a daughter that had majored in music and was all of them uh, uh, either sang in the choir or ushers, uh, I'd be proud. I, I think that there is a sense in which pride would be justified. But I said the devil got all four of those kids. Let's go back for a minute to what I taught you on Wednesday night recently. Let's go back to that little scripture where it says, For the devil came to Eve and said, If you will eat this fruit, you will be as God's knowing good and evil. And that little word knowing, which means discerning, you will be as God's deciding what's right and wrong. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6. It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now, wait a minute, folks. It doesn't say we've turned everyone to his own evil way. It says, we've turned everyone to his own way. If your way is a good way, but it's not the will of God for your life, then it's the devil's way. The Lord doesn't say, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own drinking way. Doesn't say we've turned everyone to his own immoral way. Doesn't say we've turned everyone to his own profane way. It said we turned everyone to his own way. And the devil tonight... Is Listen, let me say this. The, the main thing the devil is trying to get you to do, folks, is not to go out and get drunk, though he'd be pleased if you did. But the devil knows if you're out drunk, you can't be where God wants you to be. And the worst thing about being where you ought not to be is that if you're where you are ought not to be, you're not where you ought to be. And so the devil uses these things. <laughs> Let's suppose, for example, that, <laughs> that God, <laughs> uh, God has a will for each of our lives, and he does. 
Let's suppose the devil gets you not to do his will, but makes you a bartender. Then uh, that's bad, isn't it? Why? Well, because you're not doing the will of God. But let's suppose the devil makes you a carpenter, and uh, and you're a deacon in a church, and, <laughs> and you teach Sunday school class, but you're not in the will of God. But you see, you've done your own way. Now, this young man who said, I've always liked mechanics, and so I'll be a mechanic, that young man chose his own way. Now, you see, we, we, we can't, we can't uh, think about the devil getting a fella without seeing some dissipated drunk on skid row somewhere or somebody who's gone off into all what we call deep sin. But, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of our being here is not not to do evil. The purpose of our being here is to do the will of God. The purpose of our being here is not not to go where we shouldn't be. The purpose of our being here is to go where we should be. And like I said a while ago, most the, the saddest thing about a person being where he should not be is that he, he cannot be where he should be if he's where he should not be. It matters not whether, whether being uh, outside the will of God is being in a tavern or being a mechanic. Now, I, I thank God some people ought to be mechanics. But they ought not to be mechanics because they've always wanted to be mechanics. They ought to be mechanics because God wants them to be a mechanic. And it's the will of God. Thank God for these good mechanics we have here in this church. Brother, what we do without them? And God wants folks to be mechanics. God wants some folks to be accountants. But you have no right to say, I'll be an accountant because I've always liked math. That's not, that's unspirit. That's the devil. You see, I said the night, the devil came to Eve and said, look, you, you, you decide what you do. He didn't say, you do what I say do. He said, you do what you say to do. He didn't say, you go where I say go. He said, you go where you say go. We've turned everyone to his own way. <laughs> and so this young man who said, I, I've always liked, me, I liked uh, mechanic, so I'll be a mechanic. He went his own way, a good way, but his own way. And he went his own way. He obeyed the voice of the devil who wants us to decide ourselves what we're going to be. This young man that went to the, uh, said, I'll be an accountant. Nothing wrong with an accountant. Thank God for them. We have some of the finest men in this church who are accountants. We have, I guess, half a dozen accountants on our deacon board. And we have some who are no account on our deacon board. But uh, we have a, a half a dozen accountants on our deacon board. And <laughs> thank God for them. But a man does have a right to be an accountant because he likes, uh, likes mathematics. You have a right to be an accountant because God in heaven has led you to be, a, be an accountant, and it's the will of God that you be an accountant. You see, if you are an accountant and God does not want you to be an accountant, you've gone to your own way, and that's following the devil. You know, we've got such a perverted idea about following the devil. You've got to be drunk to follow the devil. You've got to be in a body house to follow the devil. You've got to be on dope to follow the devil. No, sir. Any time you go where is not the center of the perfect will of God for your life, you follow the devil because the devil wants you to be outside the will of God. And the tragedy is not where you are. The tragedy is where you are not. That's one reason why. <laughs> this young man, nothing wrong with being a Christian coach. I think it's wonderful. But nobody has a right to say, I like sports, so I'll be a Christian coach. You say, what God wants me to do, I'll do. And I'll bind you, God's going to lead some of you to be Christian coaches. And I'll bind you this, God's going to lead some of us to be accountants. And I'll bind you this, God's going to lead some of us to be good musicians. And I'll bind you this, God's going to lead some of us to be mechanics. 
We need mechanics. We need carpenters. We need plumbers. We need businessmen. We need electricians. We need doctors. We need lawyers. But let me say this. We don't need a bunch of carnal people going around the country saying, I like medicine, so I'll be a doctor. I like law, so I'll be a lawyer. I like plumbing, so I'll be a plumber. I like to fiddle with mechanics, so I'll be a mechanic. I like sports, so I'll be a Christian coach. I like math, so I'll be an accountant. The only right any single redeemed child of God has to do or to say is to say only to be what he wants me to be every moment of every day. Yielded completely to Jesus alone every step of this pilgrim way. Just to be clay in the potter's hands, ready to do what his will and word commands, only to be what he wants me to be every moment of every day. You know, I, I wish I could, I wish I could drive this point home to you. I wish I could get this point home. Your child doesn't turn out right just because of what it doesn't do. Your child doesn't turn out right just because of where it doesn't go. Your child doesn't turn out right just because of what it doesn't believe. Your child doesn't turn out right unless he finds and does the will of God for his life. Now, the will of God for his life might be to pastor this church, or it might be to vacuum these floors and clean this building. As far as I'm concerned, young young man who cleans this building is, is, is as much in the will of God as I am. But he had no right to say, I've always liked to vacuum, and so I, I want to clean the building. No, sir. It's God's plan. It's God's will. And I'm appalled. I mean it. I'm appalled at the carnality of some of our young people as they choose their professions in life. I'm appalled at the way they choose professions. I, I like math. I'll be an accountant. You have no right to say that, young person. You have no right to say that. God made you, and God has a purpose and a plan for the life of every single creature, all, every human being on this earth. And God Almighty has a right to expect from you, if you eat his food, if you drink his water, if you live on his planet, if you enjoy his sunshine, God has a right for you to expect to you to do the thing that he has planned that you do. I'm a little tired of young people saying, I've always wanted to make money. That's carnality. That's as wicked as drunkenness. That's as wicked as homosexuality. That's as wicked as immorality. Nobody has a right to do that. Nobody. 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 I'll tell you what, it's time that our, some of our folks got spiritual minded. Now you say, boy, I thank God. My boy's spiritual. He doesn't drink. That doesn't make you spiritual. We've got a and by the way, nobody has a beer list, a longer list of do's and don'ts than I do. And nobody believes that as many things are wrong as I do. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you tonight that the great supreme purpose for life is for a human being to live in this world and live and die doing what God intended him to live and die doing. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Years ago, Years ago, on a train, back in the days where sometimes the train seats could be turned. Remember how you used to could turn the seat and face, face, uh, maybe face a table in the middle? There are four men facing each other. Three were traveling together, and one was a stranger to those three. One man sitting over here took out a deck of cards, and he said to his two friends with him and to the stranger across, he said, how would you like to play some cards? And his friend on his left said, I'd like to. And my friend uh, across said, I'd like to. And the stranger over here said, I'd like to. And so 
he's sitting there, and uh, the man dealt the cards, and he said uh, that this fellow got his, and this fellow got his, this fellow got his, but the stranger didn't reach out and get any. And he had uh, his arms <laughs> under the table. And the, uh, the, uh, uh, the man said, sir, why don't you go ahead and, and get your cards off the table? And the fellow said, I have no hands. I have no hands. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. I didn't know that you were an amputee. He said, I'm not. He lifted his hands above the table. And the man said, you told me you have no hands. And he said, I have no hands. Why, he said, you do too. There they are. Oh, no, he said, these are not my hands. These are God's hands. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. These hands belong to God. And these hands do belong to God. He said, I'd like to play cards, but I can't play cards because I have no hands. These are God's hands, and God doesn't want his hands playing cards. You have no ears, they're God's ears. You have no tongue, it's God's tongue. You have no eyes, they're God's eyes. You have no mind, it's God's mind. You have no heart, it's God's heart. You have no feet or legs, they're God's feet and legs. You are not your own. You are bought with a price, and God Almighty has a plan for your life, and you are are, are, are following the devil unless you follow God's plan for your life. Now, if you do that, if you do that, then in the will of God, you're immortal. In the will of God, you are immortal. No way that you can die prematurely if you are in the will of God. There are no accidents. A fellow got kicked by a mule. Dr. Rice used to tell the story. Got kicked by a mule. And so the insurance company came out and said, you want to claim... Uh, this on your accident policy. And the old farmer said it weren't no accident. He said the mule did it on purpose. Now the truth is there are no accidents in the life of the person in the will of God. I say that if you are in God's will, you're more. Now hear me carefully. That means that if you are doing God's will, then you fall under this canopy of this promise that says the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is the Lord. But the battle is not the Lord's unless you're doing the thing that God made you to do and unless you are what God made you to be. And it's time that the, that, that this spiritual carnality in our church became spiritual spirituality. We have a, we have a, <laughs> a, 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 a attitude that, uh, that you're spiritual because what you don't do. I mean, our young people, their degree of spirituality is what, and by the way, I, I, I'm against the movies, and I'm against mixed bathing, and I'm against exposing a girl, exposing her thighs in public, and I'm against drinking, and I'm against dope, and you know that's true. But I want to tell you something. You can quit all of that and still be as carnal as persons quit none of it. Spirituality is doing what God planned that you do. And I say again. The thing about do it being in the wrong place that is so bad, it because you can't be in the right place if you're in the wrong place. The worst thing about going to a tavern on a Sunday night is not that you're in a tavern. The worst thing is you're not in church. Worst thing about watching a movie on television on Wednesday night is not watching the movie. That's bad. It's the fact that you're not in church in prayer meeting on Wednesday night. The worst thing about being in a heathen school is that you're not in a Christian school. The worst thing about being outside the will of God is that you're not in the will of God. Worst thing about going the bad path is you're not going the path. So comes 
this observation. Jehoshaphat, now listen, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. He was a good king. Made a tragic mistake in lining up with Ahab, and but he was a good king. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> he knew not what it was like to lose a battle. We, we, this is some what review I preached from a, a few verses before this last Sunday morning when I preached on on uh, uh, we know not what to do and our eyes are fixed on God, on the Lord. But uh, Jehoshaphat did not know what it was to lose. Everything had always gone right with Jehoshaphat. Now, all of a sudden, the Ammonites and the Moabites, two heathen nations because they're conceived in sin, because Lot did not do what God told Lot to do. These two nations come down to invade Judah, and they have a mighty army. No way that Jehoshaphat and his armies can defend against these mighty armies of Ammon and Moab. Here they come like a, like a, like a uh, wave of locusts down on the land, and Jehoshaphat vows to pray. And he prays that prayer his people never heard before. He said, Lord, we know not what to do. Then he gives that, uh, that amazing statement in his prayer, but our eyes are fixed on thee. That was the text of a recent message. Our eyes are fixed on thee. Now, wait a minute. The Lord comes to Jehoshaphat and he says, now, Jehoshaphat, I want you to go to the cliff of Ziz, Z-I-Z, the cliff of Ziz. Now, he said, there's no need to fight. Now, why wasn't there any need to fight? Because Jehoshaphat was in the will of God, doing what God said do. And uh, so the Lord said, no need to fight. And uh, then the Lord said, I'll, and there's, there are more good texts of a sermon in this story than most any other chapter in the Bible. The Lord said, Jehoshaphat, said, you tell the people to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, that's one of the most fun things about my life. Just standing still and seeing God fight my battles. You don't have to fight your battles if you're doing what God told you to do. If you're in the will of God, doing the will of God, God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What a, what a, what a, what a statement. Then he said, fear not. Nor be dismayed. Listen, you don't have to be afraid in the will of God. You say, why? Because God is bound to protect you in his will until he's finished with you and you have no need to be afraid. I, I, years ago, I was flying on an airplane with Dr. Bob Gray. Dr. Gray used to be scared to death to fly. Literally, literally scared to death. I've seen him, I've seen him not put his weight down on an airplane. Uh, I've seen him hold on to the seat like that. And I'm sure he's over that now, but years, years, several years ago, he told me, he said, Brother Jack, I was on a plane, all of a sudden began losing altitude. It fell, I think he said, a thousand, two thousand feet, just like that. And I said, man, as scared as you are, I bet you thought you're going to die. He said, not, no, not, not, didn't think so. I said, why didn't you think you were going to die? He said, because I know when a Christian comes to die, God gives him dying grace. And he said, I didn't have it. But God said, okay. He said, Jehoshaphat, <laughs> tell the people <laughs> that the battle is mine. Why? Listen, the battle's God's if you are in the will of God, doing the will of God. Now, hear me carefully. There are two statements there. In the will of God. A lot of you folks are in the will of God, but you're not doing the will of God. 
You see, you're where God wants you to be, but you're not doing anything. You say, God led me to this church. I know I'm in the will of God. Okay, then start doing something in the church. See, you go to the will of God, you get in the will of God, and then you do the will of God. So, Hoshphat was in the will of God, and God said, now, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then God said, fear not, nor be dismayed. And then he said, the Lord shall be with you. And the Bible says in verse 18 that they fell down before the Lord and worshipped God. And now God said, okay, go out there to Ziz. Now, now follow me carefully. This is so funny. And yet it's sweet. They go out to Ziz. They're the Ammonites, <laughs> like grasshoppers. <laughs> and they're the, the Moabites, like the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. And uh, and here's a little handful of Jews, and there's no way in the world they can win the battle. And the Lord's okay. Said, get out there to this, and they get out to this. And uh, then Joshua says, now Lord, what you want us to do? And the Lord says, I want you to sing. I want you to sing. Anybody knows that you don't the battle of the buzz wasn't won by singing. Anybody knows that the battle of Iwo Jima wasn't won by singing. But Lord said, I want you to sing. <laughs> now, I don't know what Joshua said. I know what I'd have said. I'd have said, Lord, this ain't no time to sing. This time to get some, some weapons and fight. We're in trouble. we got to fight. But see, the battle is the Lord's if you're in his will and doing his will. It's his. You have to fight. See, you don't have to fight if you're in the will of God, doing the will of God. God will fight for you so you can be busy doing the will of God. A lot of preachers spend too much time fighting. Not enough time soul winning, <clears throat> preaching, studying the Bible, building churches. Not too much fighting going on. And I'm not against, I'm a fighter. I, I, I'm not against fighting. But uh, a lot of preachers spend too much time doing it. And here's something. It's a marvelous thing to stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. You know this little line, the battle is the Lord's? <laughs> means, what it means, Brother O'Claire, it means that the war is the Lord. The whole war. That means all of life is the Lord. <laughs> Be not dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. God will take care of you if you are in his will and doing his will. You know, we quote uh, my Sunday school class, I mentioned this morning, <laughs> we quote Romans 8.28. Here once a while, some dear little saintly soul will say, Brother Howells, I just don't worry. All things work together for good. No, they don't. No, they don't. All things don't work together for good. You better learn the rest of that verse. All things work together for good to those that love God. Oh, that's good. I love God. All things work together for good. No, all things don't work together for good. And all things don't work together for good to those who love God. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And let me teach you that verse. All things fit the design, fit the pattern. All things work together. They fit a pattern for our good. 
Now, by the way, before that, we know, it said we know that all things, and that word know is an interesting word. It's a secret order kind of know. It's something, and I'm not a mason, could not be one, but a mason knows something that nobody else knows. And we know some things nobody else knows. And uh, we, we, we Christians, we know something that somebody else doesn't know. We know a secret order only known to God's people and God's will. We know. The world doesn't understand this. Folks that don't care about the will of God don't understand this. But we who live in the will of God and we who do the will of God, we know something the world doesn't understand. What do we know? We know that everything that happens in our lives fits together in the fits the plan for those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose, or those who are in God's will for their lives. Unless tonight you are sitting right in the middle of the will of God and doing the will of God, you have no right to claim Romans 8.28. Because all things don't work together for good for you. Only if you're in the will of God. <laughs> in that case, the battle is the Lord's. And then what happened? These people started singing. Now, I'll be honest with you. It'd be awful hard for me to sing with the Russian army on one side and the red Chinese army on the other side. Let me stop and say this. Mr. Reagan can do all he wants to to raise the military budget. And he can do all he wants to and build up our atomic stockpile. But brother, the best thing Mr. Reagan could do to this country is to get this country to obeying the word of God and get this country in the will of God and then take more than Russia and Red China and all the demons of hell to defeat this country in battle. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now, horses were weapons of war back in those days. Chariots were weapons of war back in those days. We could say some trust in bombs and some trust in air forces, some trust in ships, some trust in uh, in uh, uh, warfare, some trust in soldiers, some trust in sailors. That'd be a dumb thing to do, but... <laughs> We will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And listen, there was a day when this country was in the will of God, and this country could say, the battle is the Lord's. So, they began to sing. Sing. You know what God did? God put an ambush there <laughs> in the valley. <laughs> And the Ammonites saw that ambush and thought it was the people, they were the people of God. And the Moabites over here also thought that these were the people of God. And God, I don't know what it was. God may have sent some angels there to stir the bush. I don't know. But I know it fooled the armies. And you know what those armies did? They started shooting. And each thought the other was the enemy. And they started getting each other. And the Moabites killed the Ammonites, and the Ammonites killed the Moabites. I've always wondered how that happened. I guess they all dropped dead at the same time. Because you kill the Ammonites, they can't kill the Moabites. But anyway, they killed each other, and, 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 and the ones that were left uh, fled, and they left their riches and, their, and the, the spoil. And these Jews came in there, not only had won the battle, but they got the spoil, and they got the riches. Why? Because they were doing what God said to do. Oh, my. <laughs> we. Didn't say, didn't say your battle is the Lord's. It says the battle is the Lord's. The Lord's battle. Doesn't say the Lord will fight your battle. Doesn't say that. 
You know, listen to me. That's the reason we sometimes blame God for circumstances in life. We go out. Hey, could I have this microphone? We go out and we draw up our little plans and say, now this is what I'm going to do. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And then we say, Lord, here it is. You initialist now. That's not the idea. The idea is, Lord, you draw up the plans and hand it to me and I'll initial it. That's why churches lose their power. That churches decide we'll do what we want to do and not what God wants us to do. See, God says, go ye therefore and, and preach the gospel to every creature. Go therefore all nations, teach, uh, teaching, evangelizing, get folks saved. The Lord says that. But we say, Lord, we know what we'll do. We'll start a church pink tea and lemonade league. We'll start a ladies ping pong league. Now, I'm not against the latest ping-pong league, but I'll guarantee you one thing. God never intended for ladies to, for, for soul winning to be through a ping-pong league. God intended for soul winning to be house to house, door to door, publicly from house to house. But all across America, our little newfangled plans, our little newfangled ideas, our little newfangled way of doing God's work. And he said, Lord, sign this, and God won't sign it. The battle is the Lord. Not you. This book is as much a book of divine methods as it is a divine message. That's one reason why we sometimes, we say, well, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I read my Bible, I don't use God's name in vain, I don't dance, I don't go to picture shows, I don't take any dope. I don't understand why God isn't providing my need. I don't understand why I'm bitter at God. You know why you're bitter at God? Because you drew up your plans that's one reason I don't much like the song. Take the name of Jesus with you. Beautiful song. But how about this? How about going, let the name of Jesus lead you. You see, we think we're spirit. Here's a guy. Now, I'm, I, you won't like this. Here's a guy that says, <laughs> I want to be... <laughs> I believe that God wants me to be a professional football player. Now, I thank God for every professional football player that, that's a Christian. But I'll guarantee you one thing. You ought to be in church on Sunday morning. Just because the guy plays quarterback for a certain football team doesn't mean he's so spiritual. He doesn't need to go to church on Sunday morning. And by the way, a little devotional in the locker room is not enough. So what do we do? We say, okay, Lord, I'll be a professional athlete. Now, Lord, I'll let you in on it. No, uh-uh. Lord says, won't get in on it. Lord says, I'll tell you what to do, and I'll let you in on it. We pray, Lord, help me in my plans. Lord said, nope, won't do that. Let me, I'll give you your plans. We say, Lord, bless my plans. Lord says, choose my plans. We say, Lord, help me as I marry my choice. Nope, Lord says, let me, I have a choice for you. They haven't got the right to marry your choice. Well, you say, hold it, preacher. <laughs> you mean God's gonna, gonna, gonna choose my mate? He already has. He already has. We say, go with me and <laughs> choose. Lord, help me and go with me as I choose where I live. Lord said, that's not your business. It's up to me to choose where you live. Fundamental Christians are about as carnal as any group of Christians in the world. 
And carnality is not just cursing. And carnality is not just drunkenness. <clears throat> carnality is when you decide that you'll do what you want to do. You'll work where you want to work. You'll live where you want to live. You'll do what you want to do. You'll go where you want to go and say, Lord, now, I want you to help me. What you do, you take a little, like you take some salt and sprinkle it on your food. You take a little, a little God and you sprinkle him on it. You make your plans and sprinkle God on it. So make it flavor with God. Oh, Dr. John used to say, God wants the 10%, but he wants more than that. God wants 100% of your income. He wants the billfold of money's in. He wants the pants the billfold's in. He wants a man in the pants. God is not concerned about you deciding your life and sprinkling a little godliness on your life. Be with me, Lord, in my chosen profession. You have no right to choose your profession. God chooses your profession. <clears throat> you seek what he wants. You go where he wants you to go. You do what he wants you to do. You be what he wants you to be. You live where he wants you to live. You marry whom he wants you to marry. Well, you sit for the house. You mean, I can't marry who I want to? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We have a generation of fundamental Christians. <clears throat> We're wrapped up in a bunch of do's and don'ts, and God knows I'm for all the don'ts and do's that we have in our church. But there's something far greater than that we never even consider. And until we consider that, the battle is not the Lord's. Lord, come and help me in my battle. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, the Lord says, it's my battle. You do what I say. It's my battle. You won't even have to fight. You can just sing. I remember years ago, Dr. John Rice and I used to go every year to Dr. Bob Gray's church in Jacksonville, Florida. One year when Dr. Gray was having a real battle <laughs> about some denominationalism in his church. He's trying to withdraw his church from a denomination that was going wrong. He, he invited Dr. John Rice to come to his church. And one of his deacons jumped up and said, Over my dead body! He'll come to this church. Why, well, he said, he's not even a Southern Baptist. I don't read anything about Paul being one either. But he said, and he said he's independent Baptist. Uh, by the way, when a church is not independent, it's not a Baptist church. I don't care what name it's got on it. You sell out your charter to your freedom as a church and you sell your church to somebody else's control outside your own membership and fellowship, you're not a Baptist church anymore. You may call yourself Baptist, but you're not Baptist anymore. And this fellow jumped up at deacon's meeting, and he said, <laughs> John Rice will only come in this church over my dead body. John Rice came to town. Within ten seconds of the minute that John Rice's plane touched down at the Jacksonville, Florida airport, that man suddenly dropped dead with a heart attack. And on Monday afternoon, I think it was, they had that man's funeral, and here lay his body right there, <coughs> and big banner up over his body, here John Rice, Trinity Baptist Church, over his dead body. The Lord wants to fight the battle, but the battle's his. It's his battle. 
He won't fight your battle. He fights his battles. Your job is to be where he says to be and do what he says do. He fights your battles. I came to Hammond. And I won't go into this story and nobody's going to know who this is. <laughs> you guess it, you'll probably miss it. But there's one lady in the back yonder in the, in the heat of the battle. She said, I'll get you. <laughs> I'll spend every dime I've got to destroy you. She said, I'll take you to court and get those buildings. She was the only person in the, old, in the church back yonder who made such statements as that. In just a few days, she was suddenly taken to heaven. I didn't pray God to take her to heaven. And I think she went to heaven. I think she's a saved lady. I didn't have to. The battle's the Lord's. I could stand here for an hour tonight. <laughs> I'm going to tell you case after case after case after case where I've just kept on. Hey, I have used this in a long time. Did you ever read little Abner? Remember old Joe Spitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitzitz
had Petrian theology. You know, I wonder why we don't behave like Paul behaved while he was writing that theology. The devil got all four of those kids. I say they're clean kids, but the devil got all four of them. Why? Wasn't what they're doing. <coughs> it was why they did it. <coughs> a fellow can be a Christian, a, an accountant, and the devil can have you, or you can be an accountant, and the devil won't have you. A fellow can be a deacon in a church, the devil could have him, or he'd be a, have the same job in the church, and the devil wouldn't. It all depends on what God wanted him to do. I said the devil got the fellow who was an accountant, <coughs> though he was a teacher, Sunday school teacher, and though he was a deacon maybe, it's church Sunday morning, Sunday night, clean as a hound's tooth. I said the devil got him. I want to say this and close again. The devil's great purpose is to keep you from being where God intended you be and to keep you from doing what God intended you to do. Now, if the devil can divert you to a tavern to keep you from doing what God made you to do and God's will, he'll use a tavern. The devil can divert you to coaching a Christian, uh, uh, being a Christian school teacher, from keeping you from doing what God is. Listen, nobody has a right to say, I think I'll be a Christian school teacher. I've always liked that. By the way, nobody has a right to say, I've always wanted to preach. I think I'll be a preacher. Nobody has a right to do that either. And if the devil can get you <coughs> away from his will by way of a tavern or a pulpit, it'll tickle him pink. Now look at me and I'm through. Time we got spiritual. This this spiritual carnality is wicked. It's time we got spiritual. It's not where you're going, it's how do you arrive at your decision. And it's time that people all over this room decided to quit inviting God in with you on your plans. It's time you got on your face and you lived in this book. And you said, dear God, I want to know what you have in mind for my life. I want you to tell me. And I promise you, you let me know by some way. You let me know and I'll do it. And ladies and gentlemen, you would have just that moment become immortal until God's plan has been finished in your life. And all the battles you fight will be his battles and the battle becomes the Lord. And you can then say, all things will work together for good because I love him and because I am doing his plan for my life. Howells Anderson students, <laughs> Hammond Baptist young people, the devil laughs in hell when you say, I've always wanted to be, so I think I'll be. I've always liked this. I think I'd like to do that. The devil snickers in hell. And by the way, if he can keep you from the will of God and, and keep you... Listen, follow me carefully and I'll close again. I've been closing for about 15 minutes. Now, follow me carefully. Hear me carefully. Brother Sisson, <laughs> if the devil... <laughs> If the devil <coughs> keeps you from his will by you going to a tavern tonight, that's not his great masterpiece. Because you'll know you're outside the will of God because you know it's wrong to drink. It's in this book.
But if the devil can keep you from doing God's will by leading you to choose yourself to do something that you don't know is bad or be something in itself is not bad. The devil not only has you outside the purpose of God for your life, but he has you thinking you're in the purpose of God for your life. So Satan's great masterpiece is not to take a person out here into a wicked, vile life so he'll know he's wrong. He likes to take you out somewhere where you're doing something constructive and quite proper with God's season sprinkled on it a little bit. And the devil then has you not only where you shouldn't be, but he has you deceived into thinking. It's certainly okay, because there's nothing in the Bible against that. Every single person in this house tonight will go home, or before he gets home, and get on his knees and say, Dear Lord, now on, not my plans but yours. Not my life, but I have no hands, they're yours. I have no ears, they're yours. Have no tongue, it's yours. Have no eyes, they're yours. Have no hand, have no feet, they're yours. Have no heart, it's yours. Have no mind, it's yours. I'll do what you want me to do. And the Lord says, hot dog. I'm not sure the Lord says hot dog. He may say, whoopee, or hooray, or rah, rah, rah. But then the Lord says, okay, and you forget about fighting. I'll take care of your battles from now on. You can just spend the rest of your life singing. Father, help somebody to understand this. Help somebody to follow it. Salvage some lives because of it. May we see the carnality of spirituality. (laughs) Sometimes. Speak to the hearts of our people. Our heads are bowed. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.